I am literally half a head shorter than the next shortest boy. Zach Walker, where are you? This is the size of year 10 Mr. Greg. (laughs) You can see why my parents said no to me playing rugby league. I think if Zach tackled year 10 Mr. Greg, year 10 Mr. Greg would have been snapped in half. Thank you, dude. (laughs) My parents told me that I was too small to play rugby league, and rightfully so. However, I didn't like the fact that I was told that I was too small to do something. You may have also heard that said to you when you were younger, or young people, you may have even heard that recently, that you're too young or too small to do something. Maybe you've asked Dad to help around the house, and he's like, sorry, dude, you're too little to use those tools, you're going to get hurt. Maybe you've been asking Mum if you can help cooking, and Mum's like, no, look, you're too young to help at the moment, it's just going to be easier if I do it. Maybe a group of people are going around to help someone move uh, or help in someone's yard and you want to go and help, uh, but all you hear is, no, sorry, this is just for adults. It's easy when we read through the Bible to see God do amazing things through a lot of big people. David, Moses, Esther, Lydia, Paul. It would be easy to look through the Bible and think that God only uses adults or big people to do great things for him. But as we have a closer look at the Bible, we actually see that God uses a lot of little people to also do great things. Because in God's eyes, you are never too small for him to use you to do amazing things. Follow with me and it will be up on the screen. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, say the following. A man from the Levi tribe married a woman from the same tribe. And she later had a baby boy. He was a beautiful child and she kept him inside for three months. But when she could no longer keep him hidden, she made a basket out of reeds and covered it with tar. She put him in the basket and placed it in the tall grass along the edge of the Nile River. The baby's older sister stood off at a distance to see what would happen to him. About that time, one of the king's daughters came down to have a bath in the river while her servant women walked along the riverbank. She saw the basket in the tall grass and sent one of the young women to pull it out of the water. When the king's daughter opened the basket, she saw the baby and felt sorry for him because he was crying. She said, this must be one of the Hebrew babies. At once, the baby's older sister came up and asked, do you want me to get a Hebrew woman to take care of the baby for you? Yes, said the king's daughter. The king's daughter answered. So the girl brought the baby's mother and the king's daughter told her, take care of this child and I'll pay you. The baby's mother carried him home and took care of him. And when he was old enough, she took him to the king's daughter who adopted him. She named him Moses because she said, I pulled him out of the water. So in this passage, we hear the beginning of Moses' life. And throughout Exodus, a lot of focus is on Moses, who would later become a great leader. But let us not neglect Moses' older sister, Miriam. At the time, the Israelites were everywhere in Egypt. After Joseph and his family had settled there, many years later, the Israelites kept growing and growing in number. The Egyptians didn't like it, so they made them slaves, and still the Israelite people kept growing and growing in number. So at this time, Pharaoh had just set a decree, because there were so many Israelites, that any time an Israelite baby boy was born, he was to be thrown into the Nile River. So this is when Moses was born. So Moses' parents hid Moses for as long as he could, Then they put put him in a basket and sent him off 
uh, in the Nile River, and his little sister, sorry, his older sister Miriam, was watching him. Where is Jemima? It's understood that Miriam was about seven years old, about Jemima's age. Now, at the, at the time, Moses really should have already been thrown in the river. Miriam was just a slave. There's no way that she should have gone and spoken to Pharaoh's daughter. In addition to that, she was helping her parents break Pharaoh's rule by keeping Moses alive. But despite that, Miriam, being seven years old, did a brave thing and jumped up and spoke to Pharaoh's daughter and essentially saved Moses' life. Because in God's eyes, you are never too small for him to use you to do amazing things. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1-4 to 4, say the following. Samuel served the Lord by helping Eli the priest, who by that time was almost blind. In those days, the Lord hardly ever spoke directly to people, and he didn't appear to them in dreams very often. But one night, Eli was asleep in his room, and Samuel was sleeping on a mat near the sacred chest in the Lord's house. They had not been asleep very long when the Lord called out Samuel's name. Hannah had really wanted to have a baby, and was unable to do so. She prayed fervently to God and said that, God, if you give me a baby boy, I will dedicate this baby to you. The Lord answered her prayers, and Samuel was born. So when Samuel was older, he went off and lived with a priest called Eli. And it's at this point in time that God chose to speak to Samuel. Nathan, where are you? Samuel was about 12 years old. Nathan's age when God decided to speak to him. Now, as the passage said, God hadn't spoken to a lot of people for a long time. And yet, in God's wisdom, he decided to speak to a 12-year-old boy. No disrespect to 12-year-old boys, but really, God? Like, if you're a parent of a 12-year-old boy, then you know. Like, surely there's a better option than that. No disrespect. (laughs) But God, in his providence, decided to speak to Samuel. Not good news, though. Going on from verse 11, this is the message that God gave to Samuel. It said, The Lord said, Samuel, I'm going to do something in Israel that will shock everyone who hears about it. I will punish Eli and his family, just as I promised. He knew that his sons refused to respect me, and he let them get away with it, even though I said I would punish his family forever. I warned Eli that sacrifices or offerings could never make things right. His family has done too many disgusting things. Now, the next morning, Eli actually comes and asks Samuel, what was the message from God? Now, remembering that Samuel was 12, remembering that Eli was pretty much like his adopted father, it would have been very easy for Samuel to have lied to Eli, not wanting to give him the bad news that he'd heard from God and say, look, yeah, God said everything's cool. But instead, Samuel did a brave thing and was faithful to the message that he'd got from God and told Eli what had happened. Because in God's eyes, you were never too little for him to use you to do amazing things. Now, we later read that Samuel would grow up to be a great judge of Israel and would lead Israel all of his days. 2 Chronicles, chapter 34, starting at verse 1, says, "'Josiah was eight years old when he became king of Judah.' 
and he ruled for 31 years from Jerusalem. He followed the example of his ancestor David and always obeyed the Lord. Isaac, where are you? Coming up, my friend. So Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Isaac's age, which is like essentially becoming prime minister when you're in grade two. (laughs) Now, Josiah didn't have the greatest of upbringings. Uh, Yes, his father before him was king, and yes, his grandfather before him was king. These guys weren't really great role models. If we read throughout what happened, they pretty much worshipped every other god other than the true god. But not only that, they brought all of that idol worship into the nation, and all of the people were also worshipping all of these fake gods. And then Josiah became king. Now, it would have been easy for him to have continued to do what he'd seen happen in the past. But instead, Josiah decided to follow God. Not only that, though, we read that later on, Josiah actually helped other people to follow God and got rid of all of the idol worship that was going on in the nation. That he re-established celebrating the Passover feast that hadn't been celebrated for years and years and years. And he also went about rebuilding the temple that had fallen into disrepair. Because in God's eyes, you were never too little for him to use you to do amazing things. John chapter 6 verses 8 to 11 says, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the disciples. He spoke up and said, There's a boy here who has five small loaves of barley bread and two fish. But what good is that with all these people? The ground was covered with grass, and Jesus told his disciples to get everyone to sit down. About 5,000 men were in the crowd. Jesus took the bread in his hands and gave thanks to God. Then he passed the bread to the people, and he did the same with the fish until everyone had plenty to eat. Heaps of people were following Jesus, at least 5,000 men. Jesus could see they needed to be fed and turned to his disciples and said, We need to feed these people. One disciple looks at the crowd, works out how much it's going to cost and like appeals to Jesus, like, come on, we cannot afford to get all these guys food. Andrew finds a small boy, says he's got a little bit of food here, but that's not going to feed everyone. Yet Jesus gets all of the guys to sit down and with that small amount, fed 5,000 men. Jeremy. We don't know much about this small boy. We don't have a name. We can tell that he probably wasn't very rich. He may have been a slave based on the type of food that he had. Now, it would have been easy for this small boy to have seen Andrew coming and run off or Andrew to say, hey, dude, you've got some food here and this boy go, no way, this is for me. I'm not sharing this. But instead, this boy decides to give up his lunch And as a result of that, Jesus did amazing things because you're never too young for God to use you to do amazing things. In addition to that, though, you are never too old. Joshua chapter 14, starting at verse 6, says, One day, while the Israelites were still camped at Gilgal, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, went to talk with Joshua. Caleb belonged to the Kenaz clan, and many other people from the Judah tribe went with Caleb. He told Joshua, You know that back in Kadesh Barnea, the Lord talked to his prophet Moses about you and me. I was 40 years old at the time Moses sent me from Kadesh Barnea into Canaan as a spy. 
When I came back and told him about the land, everything I said was true. The other spies said things that made our people afraid, but I completely trusted the Lord God. The same day I came back, Moses told me, Since you were faithful to the Lord God, I promise that the places where you went as a spy will belong to you and your descendants forever. Joshua, it was 45 years ago that the Lord told Moses to make that promise, and now I am 85. Even though Israel has moved from place to place in the desert, the Lord has kept me alive all this time, as he said he would. I'm just as strong today as I was then, and I can still fight as well in battle. So I'm asking you for the hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You were there. You heard the other spies talk about that part of the hill country and the large walled towns where the Anakim live. But maybe the Lord will help me take their land just as he promised. Joshua prayed that God would help Caleb. Then he gave Hebron to Caleb and his descendants, and Hebron still belongs to Caleb's descendants because he was faithful to the Lord God of Israel. Moses had sent spies into what would then become the promised land. All of them went out. When they came back, two of them said, yep, let's do it, Caleb and Joshua. The rest of them said, no way, we are not going there. The Israelites listened to the ten, and as a result of that, God said, that's it, you guys are all going out into the desert and you can wander around for another 40 years. And everyone who's over the age of 20 is going to pass away while you are wandering around, except for Caleb and Joshua. So here we have Caleb at the age of 85 years old. John. <laughs> Let's not forget that... Caleb was 20 years older than any of the other Israelites. And even at the age of 85, he was still faithfully serving God. Because you were never too young or too old for God to use you to do amazing things. You were never too young or too old to do something brave with God's help. That might be talking to friends, work colleagues, people at school about what you believe in. You were never too young or too old to hear from God. But not only just hear from God, but to also do what God says. You were never too young or too old to follow God. Despite what's happening around you, despite what other people are doing, you are never too young or too old to follow God. You are never too young or too old to give something up for God. God may be challenging you about some of the resources you have, some of the time, some of the talents you have, and he wants you to give some of them up for his glory. And you are never too young or too old to serve God and to give him glory. Because in God's eyes, you are never too young or too old for him to use you to do amazing things. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for today, we thank you for the service, we thank you that we can celebrate the year that was Kid Zone. Lord, we thank you for these passages that we've heard today, for all of the little kids that we've read about that you did amazing things through, for the older people that you have also done amazing things through. Lord, I pray that throughout this week you will help us to remember that we are never too young or too old for you to use us to do amazing things. 
And Lord, we pray that you will give us the faith and the courage to step out and do these great things. And as a result of that, your name will be spread through the entire community and through this nation. And glory will be given to your name. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.